Chapter 8. The Wedding I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this is Potter Watch. Wow. That clarity. Mm. Can you hear it? Can you hear the difference, folks? We're in person. In person. Fresh off of Molly's COVID vaccine. Whoop, whoop. Um, It's a new era. We're in a almost post- post-COVID no. world. <laughs> We're in like a... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to retract that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are talking about chapter eight, The Wedding. A wedding. A wedding. A baby. A baby. There's not a baby. There yet. is a baby. There's a baby coming. Yeah. Whether Lupin likes it or not. Oh, Lupin. He's having a rough time. <laughs> Loopy poopy. <laughs> That's what they call him. <laughs> what did you rename this very apt title? I renamed it One Last Hurrah. I renamed it Knots Tied. Oof. Those knots, those they, lies, they, they're all uh, tied. Uh, yeah, I, um, I was trying to think of something clever like that, but I just did it. <laughs> It was very apt, though. Thank you. Why don't you summarize this chapter for us in a 575? Sure. Well, Bill and Fleur marry. (laughs) Crumb makes rift, but shares with Harry. (laughs) Secrets left to carry. Ooh! Okay, that's really good. That was really good. The delivery, though, could use some work. <laughs> Crumb makes riff. But what is... Shares what with Shares it? with Harry. Not Ginny, though. Does not nope. share Ginny with Will Harry. Will not be allowed. <laughs> what, what did you say happened? I said, a union unites. Big D's story, <laughs> she rewrites. Okay, all right. War's warning ignites. Oh, that's good. That's good. Thank you. I'm glad you worked that last sentence in because it is powerful. I mean, I know we're going to get to it, but. Yeah. Um, Big D's story. The, I Dumbledore didn't work. I wish I could have done Dumbledore's story, but it I wasn't mean, Albus. Same letters. But Albus's is three. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, I always go to Big D, probably for the same reason. Those <laughs> syllables... Big They're expensive. <laughs> they are. What did you um? What did you think about this? Do you have any notes or? <laughs> have anything to say? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Why have you suddenly forgotten how to do the podcast? Because I'm right here next to you, Alex. I invite you to share your notes today <laughs> with us. I have actually. I didn't prepare notes. We've gathered here today to. <laughs> What is that thing you always quote? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Mowage. Mowage is what brings <laughs> us together. together. <laughs> wow, I can't, I didn't remember any of the line. I just remember the tone. Like the. That's some Princess Bride for you fans out there. Whoop, whoop. You know who you are. Um, this wedding sounds beautiful. That's my first note. Like, the decorations, the butterflies. It's very serious. They have a seating chart for the ceremony. I know. I I just love the idea of all of them walking around with these seating charts. And they are taking it seriously because they know what's best for themselves. Correct. They are terrified of Mrs. Weasley. And Fleur. (laughs) Wouldn't you be? Yes. Well, I would be all about everything and how organized it is because it is executed amazingly. I mean, when Mrs. Weasley and Fleur join forces, they're a force to be reckoned with. Indeed. I mean, it's just, it's really lovely. Okay. I, I have a note. Same. I think it's the same. 
Lupin. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go? Why don't you? I do have a note about Lupin. Yeah, but yours is first. I had another, like, sassy, sad note. Oh, I'm ready. I don't appreciate that J.K. Rowling has given this line to Fred about Fred saying, like, when I get married. Wait, I have. Oh, I wrote. Sorry, I wrote this note. On, um, so, like, part part of my notes I wrote, like, while I was walking to pick up the boys from the bus at work, and I just didn't transfer it over to here. I wrote that that is the saddest line in the whole book. Again, it's rude. It's very rude. Again, it's rude. Not to be dramatic, but I almost started crying. I was, not to be dramatic, but I was like, this is the worst thing you've ever done to me. (laughs) And you've done some bad things, JK Rowling. This is not the worst thing you've done. It's certainly not. But, but in this moment. In this moment, it was the worst thing you've ever done to me. Let's let's just hear it. Yeah. When I get married, said Fred, tugging at the collar of his own robes, I won't be bothering with any of this nonsense. You can all wear what you like, and I'll put a full body bind curse on Mum until it's all over. Unnecessary. Rude. George could have said that line. Anyone could have said it besides Fred. Like, you don't need to be talking about your future like that, J.K. Rowling. That was really sad. That was, it was so sad. Like, she specifically made Fred say that I know. She did it on purpose. I know. That's like that fan fiction, remember? Except for it didn't know. Oh, the one that's like... the. I was, Before the seventh Yeah, I talked about this one before. Like, I read a fan fiction, a Fred and Angelina fan fiction. And um, at the very end, it's all hopeful, like, about their, like, he proposes to her, and it's all hopeful about their wedding. And it's written before the seventh book comes out. And the date that, like, that they're talking about it is, like, a couple weeks before the war. <gasps> So it, like, everything is just devastating. I honestly shudder to think about what that author has gone through because, like, <laughs> clearly that person is not okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Because I, I wrote a companion piece to that fic. Molly was my beta for it. About where it's George. Where it's George and Angelina, like, coming together after that whole... Which is beautiful. It's a beautiful oh, story. thank you. Thank you, Molly. But... Um, but I tried to contact that person to, like, see if it was okay for me to, like, reference her fic. She did not respond. She also hasn't written since I think that fic came out. Fair. She, she, like, has one other story. I mean, how could you? Don't ever write fanfiction before it's over. (laughs) (laughs) So tragic. Tragico. Okay, I, I, I'm at the Lupin stuff now. Lupin, this self-hatred is not helping anyone, honey. That's my note to him. I Essentially the same thing. Like, I just want to shake Lupin and say, live your life to the fullest. You've survived the longest. Like, please don't live your life being miserable. Like, ev- like James would be, James and Sirius would be so mad at you right now. Yeah, they'd smack you right upside the head. Like, you get to live and, like, we, and we obviously know he's about to die and Tonks, but it's like, just just be in this moment with Tonks. Like, don't... Yeah. I, it, it's really, like, it's sad for him, but I'm also, like, mad about it. I think you make a great point about uh, James and Sirius. Like, if they had the resurrection stone and Lupin could talk to them, they would be like, yeah, you get to live. Right. You live. I think that's a... Live for all of us. Right. And, and I know that there's... Lupin holds onto so much guilt, obviously, and then right. his own, like, resentment towards himself, but, like, and I, and I can't even imagine, you know, Lupin, like, I, I came yeah. to his strong defense a couple chapters ago, and I stand by what I said um, last, year. last year, but um, I am just, I just want him to be happy because we know he doesn't have much time also. Right, and I, and I will say, um, um, that... I think it's fair to not know if his kid is also going to be a werewolf. I know that must be, like, very scary. scary and triggering for him. Um, but, like, you should see how happy your wife like, is, yeah. the love of your life, and and be happy. Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little happy. Just, like, a little bit. 
You don't have to be miserable literally all the time. Like, be like happy what is it for like? Tom's. What is it like to be at home with him when he doesn't have to hide it? Because, um, she's clearly not letting it affect her. Yeah, she's like, I will not let your bad mood uh, bring me down. I am glowing. Even Harry noticed <laughs> twice, <laughs> and he's like, "Something's up. I'll check on that later." <laughs> I'll, I'll loop back around on that. I'll loop in back around. <laughs> what are you about to say? <laughs> I'm surprised Mrs. Weasley didn't make them denome the garden before the wedding. I think they probably have multiple times. And they've just returned. They just returned. I also love the idea that these same gnomes come back even after they're denomed because they know the bad language. Oh, yeah. I think they say that in the <laughs> second book, how they like it here. So they keep coming back and, like, Dad's nice to them. Like, Arthur's nice <laughs> I love that. Or he's too soft on them or something like that. <laughs> it's like the ghoul. Like, why do you have that? Why is that there? We don't know. <laughs> the ghoul seems like a pet. <laughs> yeah. But, like, worse. I love Xenophilius. It's like a mean cat. I just love Xenophilius. <laughs> Luna makes so much sense when you meet him. <laughs> I will give a note to Jim here. I really don't like Jim's voice for Xenophilius. Xenophilius Lovegood, he said, extending a hand to Harry. My daughter and I live just over the hill. So kind of the good Weasleys to invite us. But I think you know my Luna, he added to Ron. He sounds about 99 years old. Sound old. And he's not, like, whimsical enough. Right. I think the actor that plays Xenophilius does a perfect job. He's pretty good. Oh. You have notes for him, too? I, I have a very specific idea of who Xenophilius is. And we also on, only meet Xenophilius in... Do we meet him at the wedding? Mm -hmm. Oh, he is at the wedding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because um, he gets, sorry, I was about to do that and it was not COVID appropriate. <laughs> he gets really close uh, to yeah. Harry and, um, and, and then Luna goes, come on, dad. Harry doesn't want to talk to us right now. He's just too polite to say so. Oh, yeah. I do. I like the actor better than I like Jim's voice, but there's something still, I don't know. There, I can't put my finger on it, but. He's just very off in a, I think the actor makes a choice to make him, like, he just seems so serious, even in the movie. I think that's kind of how I picture him, as, like, similar to Luna, where it's, like, they're not, she's they, not laughing. They're, they're all serious. Like yeah. they're what the, the, what they're saying is ridiculous to us, but it's not ridiculous to them. And she's not like, haha, like I'm so silly. Yeah, like, like she's like, laugh if you want, Ron. But my dad has done a lot of research about this. So. Yeah, I'm trying. I feel like there's a character on the tip of my tongue that I want to compare him to, but I I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's a hard balance to strike mm -hmm. what you're saying that seriousness, but. You're still so whimsical in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that Luna knows that it's Harry immediately. Mm -hmm. The only one. Your expression. <laughs> like, what look was on his face? Like a vacant stare. <laughs> Lost vacant. in your thoughts. <laughs> Pouty. Yeah. Brooding. Ugh, I have to save the world. <laughs> Oh my god. And then we are introduced to the best character. Wait, I have one note, one okay. more note about Zeno and Luna was the- Love that, are, you, that you know who I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> There's, um, they talk about wearing sun colors to weddings, which mm -hmm. I think is so fun. And a friend of the podcast, Laura, who's been on before, has said like, I want to do that if I get married, is to have everyone wear sun colors Aww, to my wedding. wedding. And I love that Me idea. Because it's like- Yes, we're bright, like, yellows and stuff. Like, Celebrate. I think it's fun when you ask, like, people attending to, like, dress, not necessarily in a theme, but, like, dress 
to the occasion in yeah. that way. And I think sun colors is such a fun way to do it. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, in Jamaican funerals, you wear bright colors to celebrate the life of the yeah. person who's passed. And I, I think really... they do that a lot in New Orleans, too. Yeah. Um, which I love. Yeah, any, like, that whole embracing of celebrating of life is just a really yeah cool way to think about it. Growing up, going to, like, Catholic wakes and funerals, it's like, okay, the whole, like, weight of the world is now upon us. Yes, it's very feeling. dark. Although, I would like everybody to wear black at my funeral, because it's classic. And it's a Luke. Yeah, a little bit me too. <laughs> I want like I love the idea of like celebrating. I'm like, don't be that don't be happy, happy for me. When I die. You better be fucking miserable. <laughs> Let's get that uh, weight of oppression. Feel Not free oppression, to wear veils. The... Yeah, <laughs> dark veils and lace covering your eyes. There will be tissues in the pews. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm at Muriel. Oh Muriel, a queen among women. <laughs> the the character the characterization of Aunt Muriel is perfection. We all have an Aunt Muriel. We all we all know exactly who she is. Down to the well, she's French. She's French. <laughs> Just like it's impeccable the characterization. For a moment, I thought you were Ginevra. <laughs> it's a little low cut, don't you think? <laughs> I have so many quotes from her. He, oh my gosh, is that Zenophilius? He looks like an omelet. I aspire her confidence. <laughs> Not necessarily her disposition or her racist um, tendencies. Beliefs, um, but I aspire to her confidence level. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud when she said he looks like an omelet. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have? Who are you? <laughs> I laughed out loud every single time she called him Barry for some reason. Because it's supposed to be what Barney? Or yeah, yeah. Or Bar no, or she called him Barry. Barry, yeah. But I think he's. It's supposed to be Barney. And uh, Jim Dale just does such a good job. Like, why would you know Barry? Who are you? <laughs> And I just love how savage she is. Oh, she's she's reading people for days. Oh dear, is this the muggle boy? <laughs> Skinny ankles. <laughs> I'm just glad she, she said muggle born. She really is beautiful. Too bad. In my tiara. <laughs> In my tiara, even if she is French. <laughs> Another great character moment. We get a plot twist. Victor Crumb is back. Vicky! I know, I know you're all you all are surprised, but <laughs> you may call me Aunt Vicky. Vicky. Yeah, I watched that the other day. <laughs> what is that from? It's from I know it's so Parent clear. Chat. Oh yeah, <laughs> when the Oh, I want to rewatch Parent Trap. It was such a good rewatch. Oh, holds up. Oh, yes, it does. You may call me Aunt Vicky. Um, anyway. Um, I, there are some great Romione moments in this chap. Um, you look great. Always the tone of surprise. Yeah. But I love when Victor comes back. I have so many cues. Um... Why is Hermione so flustered and so red? I think she just wasn't expecting it, and it's, like, exciting because it's, like, this older man that 
has shown interest and they've like definitely done stuff. well that's what i'm saying like and i don't think she's like interested in being with him but no, i know it's just, she's like, just it's, like they cute. did i think they did things and she's like oh my god <laughs> and then she's like but i've got this thing happening with, with ron oh it's so saucy but i think she's also is happy to see him like oh yeah still somebody that she has genuine like love for she like trips over herself though she's like victor ah! oh vicky <laughs> And Ron's ears go bright red. I mean, fair. I mean, yeah. He should feel threatened. Victor is a catch. <laughs> you guys should watch Jessa and I's um, dateable Harry Potter characters video. Jessa and Alex watch. They do all of the dateable Harry Potter characters, and they were wrong. Just so you guys know, feel oh. free to comment about it. Oh my god! Uh, coming in with the sauce. We weren't wrong about Victor, though. Yeah, no, he Victor was praised, a good call. High praise. I don't think he made it to the final round, but you'll have to listen to find out. Yeah. But it was a good call to include him. Um, flowers out of his what? <laughs> Are you at Uncle Billy's? Yes. <laughs> like, it's out of his butt, right? Yes, I assumed. I assumed so. <laughs> Oh, I, I just realized the savage comment was when Auntie Muriel is like, your ears are lopsided to George. <laughs> that is the most savage thing. <laughs> but it's also like he just doesn't have an ear. Like, not so like, is- oh, something's off. It's, your ears are lopsided. <laughs> like, what? That's a, that's like, maybe those eyes aren't great, Aunt Muriel. She, Aunt Muriel kind of reminds me of Moira. From Schitt's Creek. No. Like a little, a little bit. Just like the uppityness that's like so not self aware. <laughs> or like just doesn't care. Like, yeah, I feel like Moira is not as mean as Muriel. But have you ter- heard her talk to Alexis? <laughs> yeah, maybe like season one or two. Moira. Yeah, yeah, early Moira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Moira in her prime <laughs> savage. <laughs> Yeah. And I say that with love and affection for Moira, but... Who am I supposed to go to breakfast with? Um, I'm right here. (laughs) No one? (laughs) Guess I'll go by myself. (laughs) It's awful. Oh my god. One thing that I've always remembered from this chapter that I really love is the description of Fleur and her beauty and how yes. it elevates everyone around her. I was like, that is just such a beautiful way to describe her, her yes. on her wedding day and how she's just like so beautiful. And so happy. And, yeah. Um, my fa- Yes, I love that bit. And my favorite part about that is when she describes... She was like, and it looked like Bill had never heard of Finney or Greyback. And it's just... It's really... It's a nice moment. Yeah. It's lovely. I have this note at the end, but I'll just say it now. Like, this whole chapter, I'm just so happy that everyone got this wedding. Yeah. Like, that they got to do this wedding. And thinking about, like, COVID, like, we had to cancel our, like, big wedding. It's, like, the people that got to have theirs, like, right before, it's, like, oh, that must have been so wonderful to have that before, like, all of this stuff happened. I was thinking about your wedding. Yeah. Like, when I was reading Because if it had been a weekend later, they would have had to cancel. Like, they wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. It's just really lovely that they got to have this, like, everyone got to have this, like, happy day and obviously especially Fleur and Bill uh so oh so lovely I miss weddings I want to go to a wedding any wedding um yours is coming up I know I just in especially a magical one I'm like I want to go to a magical wedding (laughs) um I, I would actually like to see more magic happening at the wedding and like more wizard traditions happening. Yeah, I had that note too. I guess she was just like so caught up with everything else that she yeah. had to write in the wedding that she didn't feel like going through the... Because I like I liked the vow at the end, like you guys are bonded for life. I thought yeah. that was really nice. Might put that at the end of my own wedding. Who knows? And that, that that happens in weddings, like, where you literally, like, will tie a knot mm-hmm. or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think they, 
she could have probably played with it more, but I couldn't think of anything when I was, like, writing my notes. I was like, I wonder what I would come up with as, like, a wizarding tradition. Yeah. I mean, there are lots that are, like, I'm explored sure, and Yeah, more creative people have thought of ones, but... Um. Ron, do you see that he's grown a stupid beard? <laughs> I do think it's progress for Ron overall because yeah. he like instead invites Hermione to dance rather than like get angry yeah. at Hermione. He read his book. His book is he read his book. Like he's still in like too jealous, like insanely jealous, but like he's he's handling it much better. I feel like and Hermione he has, likes that he's Yeah, jealous. I think he should be a little bit jealous. Like, I think being a little bit jealous is okay. I Yeah, I mean, he's also a professional Quidditch player. Yeah, like, that is a good, um, like, first boo. Like, you should, like, that's what I mean, like, he Ron, should be a little bit Ron, jealous. And he's, like, a good guy. But, he's like, hands. Ron's just the worst about stuff. <laughs> I will say Hermione didn't behave great about Lavender. Oh, yeah. So, I oh, think no. they're both jealous Yeah, people. they are. I just, because it's a Ron moment, mm-hmm. but I, I am proud of how he, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how he behaved and how he was like, come dance. I mean, he's kind of said it rudely, but the, the sentiment was, was there. Yeah. She was happy. Um... Okay, when when Aunt Muriel says out loud in the middle of the wedding ceremony, I think that dress on Ginevra is too low cut. And Ginny winks. And Ginny winks at Harry, and Harry immediately gets a boner. And he's like, I couldn't focus on the ceremony. I was suddenly brought back to a moment stolen away. I was like, wah, wah. me too, Harry. Me too. <laughs> Ugh. I love Jenny. Shout out to all the people who don't think Jenny's hot, am I right? Fuck you. <laughs> Was that too much? <laughs> no. Just enough. The right amount. Sorry to that person who doesn't like us cursing. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. the listeners. Oh, no. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> that was just your mom who wrote it. <laughs> this doesn't uh, parallel with your Pray As You Go podcast. <laughs> oh no. Anyway. <laughs> I love this setup for Grindelwald that we get. Mm. Again, she Me does too. it in a subtle way. Like, you don't know that it's information that is going to be so important later. But... And the whole symbol being introduced. Well, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Deathly Hollows, Like, it's all... And, like, you see it on Xeno, but you're like, oh, this is just silly. Right. And, and like, then Crumb has such a intense reaction about it. And you get a little bit of Crumb's culture. I just think it's all so good. And I like that you're all already getting these like two very different views even though we haven't heard Zeno's view like you just know that his is gonna be different yeah um it's just it, and it creates like a little bit of intrigue although I'm sure the first time reading through I didn't think that much of it I actually remember this because I was like then I was suspicious of Xenophilius yes after this I was too but I I don't think I thought much of the symbol I guess itself well, I thought it was like a gang symbol, basically. Oh, which it, I mean, it is, it but is. like not to crumb. Yeah. But I thought it was like a secret. Like I don't know. I thought Xenophilius was like a part of some kind of. I think that's like what I thought we're, we're gonna kind introduce... of meant to be believed. Yeah, but I guess I thought that another big bad was gonna be introduced oh, or like a, or something. A Grindelwald cult action. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought I don't know what I thought immediately, but I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Also, I think Crumb has a thing for Harry because he immediately takes to Barney, which is Harry. I'm like, he's he's just opening up to this guy. Like, he just likes Harry's personality so much. And yeah, I just an affinity, I guess. I would. Yeah, say. I was like, <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, he just gravitates towards Harry. Yeah, he just like Harry's a good dude. Yeah, until until Harry starts being crazy. He's like, your wand, right? 
I read it in a fan magazine. <laughs> I love when Harry goes up with his stupid excuses. Oh my god, no. So creepy. My favorite part of this whole chapter, except for the Aunt Muriel stuff that cannot be topped, <laughs> is when Crumb is like, uh, what about her? She's pretty, pointing at Ginny. And Harry's like, she's got a boyfriend. Big. Big bloke. Big bloke. Jealous type. You couldn't take him. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I'm watching you, Harry. You're getting on Ron's status. Like, you're fine right now. Like, that's fine. I always love that part. I think it's so I think it's so funny. funny. Yeah. I do, too. I just, I'm like, I'm keeping an eye on that. Like, Crumb and Ginny would not be a bad couple, so you better watch out. Uh, I don't think... I I really don't think they would, like, work, but they they have Quidditch in common, so I could see. But I feel like Crumb actually wouldn't... Like Jenny. Like, that's not something that's important to him. Like, it, I think he liked Hermione because it was different than, like, all the Quidditch yeah. fandom. Oh, that's true. Um, Harry is real. Sorry, Harry's just so bad at explaining the love goods to Crumb. I know. He's just like, well, they're odd, and, like, Crumple horns her half, am I right? And <laughs> just, yeah. He just. <laughs> Explaining the love goods is just to like list things that no one else has heard of that the love goods talk and about. Part of it's just because like Harry is cool with Luna and yeah. is like, I know that this is like a weird thing, but also like that's all I know. So <laughs> this is what I'm telling. I feel like there's a lot of stuff with Crumb and Zeno, but I just didn't have. Notes yeah, I didn't on have it. notes on it. I my next note says I think it's so sweet that Ron and Hermione dance for that long. Yeah. Like, they really have a good time. I'm like, hold on to that energy. <laughs> um, the Remember way- how Harry didn't interrupt you at all, Ron? Like, he's not concerned about Hermione. Remember that. Remember? I also think it's messed up. Harry should have been able to dance with Ginny at the wedding. I mean, they would have had to be, like, dancing, like, cousins. Oh, right. For his, like, cover that they're all, like, not great about holding up, like, keeping up like, with. Even Hermione's like, Harry? Psst, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I get why he had to do it, but I'm like, it was weak. It was, it was a weak cover. Um, the way, uh, Victor talks about, like, yes, um, I got my wand made at, uh, all, uh, not, uh, I got Gregorovich. my wand made at Gregorovich's wand shop. I know you guys are fond of Ollivander's. It reminds us, me, of, like, the Jim Dale versus, versus Stephen Fry. Fry conversation. Like, yes, I listen to the Stephen Fry audiobooks. I know you guys the in America <laughs> are fond of, um, Jim, Jim Dale. Dale. I do like that people in the, that, that listen to the audiobook, whether it's the Stephen Fry or Jim Dale, know about the other one. Yeah! Like, everyone is very much aware that um, there is an alternative, and, and they're there's in a their few. camp. And, like, haven't listened to it. It's like, I know that there's another one, I don't listen to it, I love mine, and, like, everyone feels that same way. It's, you know. I was writing from the heart. Poor Doge. Doge. I think you were really onto something I think, with your theory. Yeah, I think he's in love with Dumbledore. Yes. And this whole scene, like, kind of makes up for my animosity towards Doge, like, several chapters ago, but it's still not great. Like, he's still not, like, hitting him out of the park here with Harry. He's like, no, it, it's true what I said. <laughs> like, he's just not, he's not giving Harry slash the reader what we want to hear. Right, but I, st- I, see, in this scene when we're talking about, when he's talking in person like this, it, 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 like, it hit me that I would never talk bad about you, like, after your death. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what I'm saying, though? Like, if somebody, if somebody that I didn't know, that was, like, a, that I didn't know was close with you, was talking about you nefariously after your death. Like, I don't care. Like, you don't understand. I I would be like, you don't get to talk about her like that. How dare... You know what I'm saying? So he's coming from the point of view of someone who has lost someone that they love dearly. But if I came to you with, like, looking for answers and you just kept saying, like, the same 
If I didn't thing. know you from Adam. But he knows it's oh, Harry. Oh, yeah, he does know it's Harry. And Harry's, like, genuinely, like, trying to figure out, you know, yeah. these answers. And Doja's just kind of saying the same thing and, like, not explaining. He's like, she was ill. But like, Muriel. It, he she, and Abbaforth are cool. Like, I you feel don't like know. he would say more if Muriel wasn't there. I I don't think so. And I, and I don't even mean that as a bad thing. Like, I, like, I do think Doja, like is a good person, and yeah. I think you're right, like, he's just, one, I think he is in love with Dumbledore, would never speak ill, but he's also just, like, this is the person I know, like, I don't know whatever Muriel's talking mm-hmm. about, even the stuff that I know doesn't fit with that narrative, because I only, and I think living or dead, like, Doge only wants to see the good in Dumbledore. That's true. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Even when Dumbledore was alive, it was like, I looked past any nefarious stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and Miriam calls him out yeah. on that. She's like, oh, you are such a big, you hold, you're, you were obsessed with him. Even now yeah. you can't. Exactly. It was rough, but I was eating it up. I was like, I, no one can tell me my theory is wrong. Doge was in love with Dumbledore. All I should, all I want to say is that Muriel should be writing a column for the Daily P. Oh, yeah. She is, oh, you haven't And it should be called the Daily T. The, you know what I'm saying? The Daily Tea with, with, with Muriel. Muriel. The Daily Tea with Mimi. <laughs> also, Muriel is basically like the magical Aunt Marge. <laughs> she is. Aunt Marge and Muriel would have a great time. Oh, they God. would be like what such a, a like unlikely pairing. Oh my god! Marge would be like, "Oh, I hate you, magic freaks." And Muriel would be like, "Not more than I hate you, muggies." Am I right? And then they would take a drink and be like, "Ah!" <laughs> Can we talk about that little shit, Harry? Though. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't get me started on four eyes over there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um. I said all of this Dumbledore family drama is spicy. The intrigue. It is spicy. And again, Harry not being able to keep his cover is hilarious, but like, (laughs) fair. Yeah. He's like, I had no idea. And why would you know, Barry? Yeah. Dumbledore never told me. Did you even go to Hogwarts? (laughs) He doesn't even go here. Said Aunt Muriel to Harry. Aunt Muriel is asking excellent questions, though. She's like, why was uh, she never taken to St. Mungo's? Why was she never outside? How come no one ever saw her? Why was she not at Hogwarts? If she was so sick, shouldn't she have gone to the hospital? I had a cousin who worked at the hospital that said she ain't never been there. Don't you think a mother that loved her would take her to the hospital? If she was so sick? Like, you're not wrong, M. Aunt M, you're Aunt not M. wrong. T with Mimi, I agree. <laughs> I want to know what's up with the Dumbles. With the Dumbies. Um, what, what is up with the Dumbies is Kendra's a Muggleborn, which is another similarity to Harry mm-hmm. and Dumbledore, which I don't think they really point out. Um, it's just like so many similarities and Dumbledore never tells Harry any of it. I know. It's sad. But it's also sad that in the Aberforth Dumbledore fight, they make a point of saying that Dumbledore doesn't fight because he thinks he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Do you, what do you think that Doge actually knows about Ariana? Do you think he just is like, Dumbledore told me she was sick, so she's sick and that's it? Yeah. Like, and he doesn't really, just because they were friends, he doesn't actually know more because Dumbledore probably never confided. Right. I also think, like, for what was going on with her, it could have, I mean, we know what was going on with her, but for me, it sounds like the way Dumbledore described it is if she was just, like, not neurotypical. Like, if you had, like, a sibling with, like, autism or Asperger's or something, it would be like, she didn't go to school with us. Like, she had these, like, spurts of incidents that happened. Yeah, so she couldn't go to school with us. But I do think, this is Fantastic Beast knowledge, which I could care less if it's canon or not, like, but what we get from that is that Dumbledore did know what a, like, obscure Well, yeah, now, now we do, but I'm saying... Well, I would believe even a teenage Dumbledore would know. No, I'm saying now we know that. But like Oh yeah, when reading this. But but I believe that Doge 
th- thinks that Ariana was something like what a and- muggle would consider to be like someone who's not neurotypical like when he keeps saying she's sick it's like he doesn't really know what was wrong but he knew she was like it and, was, and she is like that yeah obscure is like a like it's not a disease but it's like it is affecting her day-to-day life like she can't right, and live if, a typical life because right. of it and if she went to the saint mungo's they would have like or someone more powerful would have tried to... Right, we ca- saw like, what happened. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's not like that they're doing anything wrong. And I, and I do think like it's it's accurate to say that she's like... I know we've been joking about it, but like she is unwell. Like she, is, she isn't able <laughs> yeah. to live a typical life, is, I guess is more accurate. Like she can't go to school like, mm-hmm. like normal and stuff like that. And like they just don't have the capacity to work yeah. with somebody that doesn't learn in the same way which but she the also what's interesting interesting. we find out later about her is that she's not she's like an obscurial by choice and trauma like she doesn't want she doesn't like magic but i i think the implication is that all obscurity it's based off trauma well i thought it was just based on um neglecting your magic so like pushing down she, like she right. like but i think that's was, almost always trauma well the boy in africa it was because he like in africa they're scared of magic and so he had to hide it and then that was similar with credence credence and then i guess her, i would consider those like trauma no those those two i think were trauma hers is what I'm is too she was like beaten almost yeah. to death because but, she because had she magic. had met yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. that it's i think it's happening in your head trauma it's like like a ptsd right I guess, basically regardless of like how it manifested but yeah I had a couple notes about, or a note about Kendra. Oof, yeah. I have thoughts about her. I I think that she lives a really sad and isolating life. And it's kind of not shocking that Aberforth and Albus turned out the way they did. Because she, her husband defends their children and goes to jail for it. She's living by herself with two boys one who's like years and bounds smarter than her so she can't even like deal with that on a parent level she's got a a child with disabilities let's just call it that she has maybe one friend in Bethilda Bagshot which she barely considers a friend like that is the most sad and depressing life for someone like separate from all of the Ariana stuff and given what um Muriel is saying she was talked about like people were spreading hated rumors her. about her they and hated she's just her. trying to protect her kids yeah kids I guess but like really she just wants to protect her child because I don't think she's doing it out of pride like they're saying yeah like, I think she is scared of what might happen if people yeah. find out I also think Dumbledore now that we know that he did know about Obscurials probably warned her, like, hey, you can't tell anyone about her, let anyone near her, you know. Yeah, I just, who who can she talk to? No one. But Thilda Bagshot, kind of. But Thilda's clearly not a very loyal friend. Well, that's not fair. I know. <laughs> Don't say that about her. She has a snake living inside her. <laughs> But yeah, just a moment for Kendra. <laughs> the set, like that is, oh, there's been many a uh, drama written about the like female housewife character in the fifties, and I feel like Ooh. it's like that times like a hundred. Yeah, for except her. for it's way sooner than the fifties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like. Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I just. I just think about how mm-hmm. isolating it is, and and yeah. then like how Abbeforth is kind of like. Oh, um, that's interesting. When you think about it, if like and Downton, so is Albus yeah. in a lot of ways. Sorry, um, you're bringing up Downton. No, I'm just thinking about like. I mean, obviously, women had witches have more rights than like Muggle women at that time because America has a 
black prime, a black president of their magical society, a black female president of their magical society. So we know that their prejudice does not extend really to gender and race, but, um, well, sure. In In theory, in theory, (laughs) but even so just like a woman of that at that time dealing with all of that by herself that's pretty unheard of and it doesn't really sound like the wizarding world knows anything about mental health period no never heard mention of a mental health honestly it reminds me of the mom in the babadook I know Molly hasn't seen that movie because it's a horror movie and she doesn't like those but for all of you listening it's like the mom with the babadook like just like depression in the basement except for 10 times worse because she has three kids to deal with oof Kendra Kenny <laughs> Kenny and I and it's just like really sad about her husband and how they all just keep the secret about yeah. him and he's just like painted as a muggle murder which like, not great that he did that to those muggle children who, like, clearly didn't, like, I don't know. That, like, that's very complicated, but, like... I mean, yeah, I don't... The way that he, that the Wizarding World season is not accurate, regardless right. of whether it's right or not. Like, yes. it's not accurate, like, what happened. Mm-hmm. And that they all just have to keep it a secret. Yeah. It's rough. Um... So I get that Harry's, like, curious about all the stuff Muriel's saying, um, and, like, it's very intriguing, but I feel like Harry should just, like, not believe, he's like, I either believe Doge or I believe Muriel, and it's like, I can't be both. doesn't have a place in Harry's world. And I'm just like, Harry, you, you were first-hand victim of Rita Skeeter- telling lies about you and people believing it and now you're turning around and doing the exact same thing to Dumbledore and yes some of it is definitely true but like you shouldn't just hear what Muriel's saying and just immediately be like well I think it's hard like because as you were saying Doge isn't doing a very good job of defending so it's like give a counter Doge and like what sucks is that what Muriel is saying is backed by some fact. Like, they did yeah. live in Godric's Hollow. Pretty much everything Muriel's saying is factual. There's some color added to it that's yeah, not Yeah, I mean, correct. like, the... Uh, she didn't it's kill... Not it's, it's not a squib. It's not a squib. She didn't kill, uh... Oh, Kendra. Yeah. yeah. But, like... She wasn't locked in a basement somewhere. The, yeah, that's the thing that it bothered me most was that Harry was like... I can't believe that Dumbledore saw these atrocities happening and didn't do anything. Like, he believes that yeah. they tormented Ariana and that Dumbledore just stood by. And it's like... And and Harry does get to this point, but it's like, no matter what you believe about Dumbledore, like, you know that he wouldn't have stood for that. Right. And he's, like, willing to believe this other narrative. And I get why. Like, he's going through a lot of doubt. And then... The slap in the face when he finds out that Dumbledore lived in Godric's Hollow, which is, like, an indisputable fact at this point. Like, it's, that's betrayal. It's betra- He's so hurt, and I get it. He says, yeah, like, he he said, I don't, I don't even, he's, like, mad at himself for being so upset. He's like, I don't even know why I'm that upset, but it, it, it hurt. Why wouldn't he tell me? It, he says it's tantamount to alliance, like. That's Dumbledore tantamount to a lie. <laughs> Woof. Wow. What? No truer words have been spoken. Honestly, good call, Mom. Overall, this chapter is so good at, like, sprinkling and oh, information. this is one of my favorite like, chapters this in this whole Like, this wedding, book. like, background was yeah. perfect for everything. Like, the crumb yes. stuff that we talked about with Zeno, and then obviously this stuff, but, yeah. like... And then we even get, like, the Tonks and Lupin, like, yeah. it's just perfect because you're bringing so many people together. Ugh. So many weird, like, not... Combos, parents. yeah. Yeah. Okay, the last line of this chapter. Ominous. The Ministry has fallen. Scrimger is dead. They are coming. So good, though. Like, Kingsley really came in the clutch, first of all. <laughs> Kingsley was not invited to the wedding. Yeah, I was like, 
<laughs> Why isn't he there? Him and Bill are like friends. <laughs> he had work. He was busy. He did not RSVP. He's like, the minister was killed tonight. I hope I hope you're having fun at your wedding. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, we're having a fucking wedding right now. It's COVID. We're in war. <laughs> yeah, we're like, this is so happy they got this moment. Kingsley's like, great. Where where were you all? Well, I hope you guys are Tonks, drinking. why weren't you at the <laughs> Tonks? Oh, I heard you called in sick today. How you feeling? <laughs> Honestly, no. Kingsley would no, never. He, would he never. doesn't want to deal with never. Mrs. Weasley either. Also, he's just, like, too... He's too cool. He's yeah. too uh, black and bald. He's too bald and beautiful, you know what I mean? <laughs> Should we sing again or no? <laughs> black, bald, and beautiful. <laughs> um, what, what did you think overall of this chapter? Like, if you were to... Give it a number. Yeah, if you were to, like, give it a number. Um, compared to other chapters in the whole Harry Potter series. <laughs> Jesus. I would give it, like, 127 points. I'd give it, like, 144. Whoa! Oh, that's close. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, like... If if you were to why what champion rat did you get? We've we've been imbibing the What? Mar- no, you can't tell that, I'm sure the listeners. <laughs> uh martinis apparently are too much for a recording, Sash. Just yeah. kidding. We're happy. We're recording in person, we're energized. Oh, yeah. This is what makes me an extrovert, like Yeah. No, I mean this. I'm more it's, energized it's, too. Yeah, it. This is where it swings. Yeah. Um. Okay, but you're champion. Oh, oh, I know why I looked. I'm so like, I know. So my champ and rat are the same person. Oh. <laughs> it's Aunt Muriel. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. Molly. Out. Molly knew beforehand. I spoiled it. I couldn't hold it in. Um, I almost did the exact same thing. That's why it was spoiled. But I, I did give my rat to Muriel because even though I loved her, she's obviously like not a great person. <laughs> right. Um, and then because it was their wedding, I gave the champ to Bill and Fleur. Aww. It's <laughs> like they deserve this. Mr. and Mrs. Delacour Weasley. Mr. and Mrs. Delacour. <laughs> Um, I couldn't think of a good tattoo, actually. I mean, I guess, like, the Deathly Hallows, because it was introduced. I have that one. Check. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I couldn't really think of anything specific. Um. <laughs> your ears are lopsided. Your ears are lopsided. Tantamount to a lie. What about he looks like an omelet? Should I get that <laughs> tattooed? Just get an omelet tattoo. <laughs> I'll get an omelet tattoo and below it I'll put he looks like an omelet in quotes. Aunt Muriel. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-eight. Mimi. Mimi never once mentioned the book, but that's what we know her as. <laughs> I would get like a a swarm of rack spurt, which is just like a bunch of dots on my <laughs> Yes. You, hey, Harry's like, I recognize the symptoms. No, just, just tell people that you have wax spurts tattooed on your arm, but, like, there's nothing there's, there. <gasps> I currently have wax, wax spurts. Oh, that's so good. Very clever. Um, well, on that note, please stay magical. Ugh, charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.